0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McRae and today I'm joined by a colleague at the Asia Institute, Dr. Ken Setyawan. Today I'll be talking with Dr. Setyawan about her recent trip to Bururu Island in eastern Indonesia, a prison island uh, during the Sahato era. Ken, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Dave. Um,
0: could you tell us a bit about this trip you've just made to Buru? what it was that took you there and, uh, and something about the history of the island?
1: Um, Well, uh, Buru Island was uh, a prison camp for political prisoners of um, the Suharto regime between 1969 and 1979, and up to 12,000 men were detained there. Um, I went to Buru Island mainly on a personal journey, I went there because my father was among those who were detained there. Um, and he returned to the island, and so I decided to join with him. And his return to the island was um, because uh, an independent Indonesian filmmaker, Rahung Nasution is currently uh, making a documentary about uh, the history of political prisoners on the island and also what the their life is now.
0: And why was your father sent to Buru in the first place?
1: He was uh, a member of a leftist cultural organization called Lekra. Um, and um, he was therefore considered to be implicated in the 1965 events. And what
0: are those 1965 events for those Um, who might not be familiar? A very short
1: explanation would probably be that um, in 1965 um, the military took over control of government Um, and um, blamed uh, a coup attempt uh, on the Indonesian Communist Party. And after that, basically, a witch hunt occurred on communists, um, but also on everyone perceived to be a communist or associated with them. Uh, And um, between 1965 and 1966, um, at least 500,000 people were murdered, um, either by the security forces or... um, by groups associated with the security forces. Um, but that number actually, depending on who discusses it, can go up, up to one and a half to two million.
0: OK, and you had, in addition to those mass killings, uh, many people associated with yes. leftist groups uh, sent to Buru? Right?
1: Um, not just sent to Buru. A lot of them were also imprisoned mm. uh, in in prisons, predominantly in, in Java, but also elsewhere. Um, um, so, it is actually hard to estimate uh, the total mm. number, mm. Um, but um, it is, I think, uh, reasonably uh, fair to say that there were at least tens of thousands um, imprisoned in mm. the years. That followed.
0: Okay, so these events in 65, 66, your father then in 69, is that yes, right? Yes, he was arrested
1: yeah. in 1969, so mm. he avoided arrest for mm. four years, mm. um, mainly because he had also been overseas. He was mm. away from Indonesia between 61 and 65 mm. when he was a, a representative of Indonesia at the Asia African mm. Bureau of Rights in Colombo, Sri Lanka. So he returned to Indonesia on the 30th of August, 65, mm. and then the events, the failed coup attempt, uh, so to speak, took place on the 30th of September, yeah. so that was just a month later.
0: Okay, and what confronted people like your father when they arrived in Buru, having been essentially, I guess, exiled there as political prisoners?
1: Um, it's actually hard to describe, but he told me that um, one of the first things that they were told by um, uh, the guards was that they were taken there to ultimately die that Mm. they would never be Mm. released so that was probably um, they were not told um, as they were journeying to the island where they were going Mm. but they had heard that it was an island in eastern indonesia Um, the journey took about seven days and, um, and then uh, upon the first roll call, they were told, well, we've come here basically to die. So um, he uh, himself said that he didn't expect to be released from the island. Hmm. So that was basically the final destination.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, this island at the time, it was populated or...? or was um,
1: there was a small population of Indigenous people, so around 4,000 uh, Indigenous um, people on the island so in come 12,000 uh, political prisoners so that's a big demographic shift that we are talking about. Um, the island itself was uh, basically a jungle and the political prisoners uh, were set to work to clear the jungle to construct roads um, and buildings as well as um, rice fields um, to make the island also suitable for transmigration mm. um, from particularly Java.
0: Okay. Okay. And how long was your father ultimately held there?
1: He was um, released in December 1978, so he was held there for seven years. Um, The authorities had intended to keep Buru as a prison camp for political opponents. However, due to um, increasing international pressure from 1977, prisoners were released from the island and the last prisoners were released in 1979.
0: Okay. And your father then returned to Java? Yeah, he
1: returned to Jakarta and um, tried to build up his life. And this
0: is, uh, has he been back, this was the first time he's been back or? or?
1: No, he's been back earlier. He actually went back in 1997 so Hmm. still during the new order um, with a Dutch journalist um, who um, wanted to uh, write about both his experience of returning to the island mm. as well as what had happened with the political prisoners who decided to stay on the island upon their
0: release Was that easy for him to do while well, Saharu was still empowered to go back? Or?
1: At that point it was uh, relatively easy they didn't encounter any um, any problems mm. um, it should be noted I think that uh, until the late 1980s Budu was actually closed off for outsiders, so you needed Mm. a military permit to Mm. travel there, Um, but uh, that at that time wasn't so 1997, you could freely um, uh, go to the island.
0: And this year's trip is then his second trip back, is that right? Yes, that's right. And I mean, travelling back to Buru now, uh, is someone like your father who was held there for a long time... Are there many visible remnants of of his time on the island and that of the other political prisoners?
1: There are no memorials, Mm. uh, perhaps unsurprisingly for those who know Indonesia, for um, victims or survivors. Um, There are a few memorials that allude to um, Buru's history as a prison camp, um, which, for instance, have the names of commanders on them. Um, uh, But there isn't, uh, you know, for instance, barracks are not there anymore. but it is. It, I think it is evident in in, in other ways. Um, for instance, there's a village called Marco, which means uh, or which is derived from Marcas Commando. So that's where the command so headquarters. headquarters yeah. Yeah, were. Um, uh, so there, there are a few remnants, such as buildings that the political prisoners themselves made mm. like houses and an arts hall, um, but really there is very little left, mm. apart from what political prisoners themselves say, the island as a whole, and then they refer to the development of the island, so that there's now roads and rice fields. Um, so for them, the development of Buru from basically a jungle to mm. a island with an infrastructure, yeah. That is for them what what remains of their history. And
0: I mean, given that, are there sort of particular sites, particular people that your father went to visit, or is it just to, as you say, see that development of the island that that in many ways they initiated?
1: Well, um, uh, it was definitely um, meant to also visit old friends, Mm. um, to see who are still there. Um, Buru is quite isolated it is difficult Mm. to get there physically Um, also uh, communication such as internet and email isn't as well developed as in urban centres so it is quite hard to keep in touch Um, Mm. uh, so it was definitely to to meet with old friends Mm.
0: Um, These are people still living on the island? Still living on the
1: island Um, uh, it's not just my father who was featured in documentary uh, as well as one of his friends who also chose to return uh, to um, Jakarta after his release, Sujoyono uh, so it is also um, uh, an experience of uh, those former political prisoners who chose to return mm. and those who decided to stay okay. um, uh, and I think also in in the the other reason why my father wanted to go there was also definitely to take me there mm. to show me the mm. island which um, has had such a, a presence in our mm in our family's history and therefore mm. in my life in which i'd never seen before
0: okay and what was it like for you to to go back or really to go to Ur-U, i should say
1: yes it's interesting that you say to go back mm. um because uh, i'd of course never been mm. there so you mm. can't technically speak about going back mm. but if a place has been so dominant Mm. in your upbringing and continues to be so dominant in your life, then it almost feels like going back. Because upon seeing um, the island, it all looked Mm. very familiar to me and I could visualize my father's stories and Mm. it it all actually seemed to make sense. So it was a very, um, personally, it was a very moving experience. Um, It was also a very powerful experience. Mm. It was also... um, uh, in many ways quite um liberating because mm. um there is a freedom there about talking about the past mm. of political prisoners that i had never encountered anywhere else in indonesia
0: yeah. mm. so i mean you said your father had told stories but this was something that was just within the family
1: well i mean he's also written about his experiences. Mm. Uh, he has published his memoirs um so uh, uh, several memoirs actually mm. so um he not just shared them mm. with me yeah, but yeah. certainly with uh the Indonesian uh, society or for mm. those who want to listen that yeah. is as a whole um but of course uh, the family is a mm. is a very small community mm. and in one in which uh, memories are quite directly shared yeah. um so uh That makes it, I suppose, very special.
0: Yeah. Was the island as you'd imagined?
1: Um, Yes, I think so. It it all um, looked very familiar, the tall grasses and Mm. uh, especially the very hot sun, Mm. um, which my father always spoke about. It was very, very hot. Mm. Um, So that all seemed very familiar and it uh, is quite a beautiful island. Although, um, if you also know that it's associated with so much suffering, it Mm. is actually hard to fully appreciate sure. the natural beauty yeah
0: yeah, and I mean did you get a sense of what it was like for your father to go back this time
1: it was um, emotionally quite intense mm. um, it, it of course evoked a lot of um, sad memories um, but it was I think mainly um, uh, uh, it was good in, in the sense that he got to talk about his experience with mm. fellow mm. Um, uh, um, Prisoners, so yeah. um, basically people who have been through the same experience. Mm-hmm. He also got to relay his story to uh, my stepmother, um, his wife, and, and me. And I think that is um, important um, for um, people like my father to be able to tell the story to especially an, an, yeah. a new generation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that seems to be um, of relevance of... Uh, the political community for- form of the community form of former political prisoners there.
0: okay sure i mean and i guess the way I hear you describe it uh they're they're quite you know quite a personal journey uh sort of meeting uh with people your father was in prison with uh, a chance for him to introduce the island mm. to you is there also i guess a more public or political element to to going back to the island is there you know, something that political pri- prisoners are seeking from the community, from the Indonesian government, sort yes. of at, at this point in time.
1: Well, the personal is obviously in many ways political, mm. and um, the former community, the, for- the community of former political prisoners, um, they talk about the island as. They have developed it, Mm. and um, they want to see acknowledgement for that development. They have
0: developed it. You mentioned it was largely jungle. Mm. It
1: was largely jungle. There's now um, many, many rice fields. Mm. Um, Buru Island has been um, labelled by Indonesia's president as a hub for agriculture in eastern Mm. Indonesia in the Mm. quest to make eastern Indonesia self-sufficient in rice. Um, Indonesian President Jokowi visited the island uh, in early May um, and really encouraged the development also of agriculture. So he's um, uh, promised uh, financial assistance mm. uh, as well as um, you know, sending of uh, uh, tractors and mm. all of that to assist to make mm. good and more productive. Mm. Um, but um, for the political prisoners, uh, that cannot be separated from. Their contribution as in constructing the rice fields. Mm. Um, so they are quite proud mm. of that. Jacobi has now said, Well, you're doing a great job in terms of agricultural producti- production. Mm. But they say, Hang on a minute it was Mm. us who developed this island and that Mm. should be acknowledged. And we can, I think, consider that a a political claim strongly based on their personal experiences. And
0: was there any recognition directly from Jokowi of the role of political prisoners? No, there was none. He
1: uh, did not meet with former political prisoners um, and it was also not addressed at all um, during his visit. So he visited the rice fields Mm. and he talked with... Um, a number of farmers, transmigrant farmers, but he did not meet farmers that have a background as political prisoner.
0: Okay. And I mean is that I guess representative of Jokowi's approach as a new president to nineteen sixty five and, and the things that happened afterwards as, as a whole?
1: Um well on the other hand, the Jokowi government has recently just set up a reconciliation committee. So from that uh initiative in which the 1965 case is also included, we can perhaps see that there's some prospect of uh, acknowledgement or uh, um, some you know, uh, expression of the truth, but it, we still do not know enough about this Reconciliation Committee.
0: Okay, could you tell us what the, the basic features of it are?
1: The Reconciliation Committee seeks to um, solve or to finalise a number of uh, violations of uh, a number of gross violations of human rights through a non-judicial approach mm. um, what we know now is that if this committee uh, indeed confirms that gross violations of human rights have taken place that the government will offer an apology to those affected
0: okay and do you see i mean you said it's very early but we've seen i guess talk under under youDono previously mm. of, of some uh, measures to address the past, um, I would say, not a lot eventuated out yeah. of that. Um, what do you see as the early prospects for for this process under Jokowi?
1: Well, um, I think considering that so many, um, or considering that subsequent Indonesian governments have basically lacked the political will to address. Mm. Um, these severe cases of human rights violations the fact that the Jokowi government has now initiated this reconciliation committee is a positive step Mm. Um, however in the specific case of 1965 we see that there's a lot of societal and political resistance towards addressing um, this particular uh, issue in Indonesia's Mm. history Um, Jokowi's deputy Yusuf Kala has said that uh, an apology is out of the question Mm. If we then consider that Jokowi is a president who has a very um, weak domestic power base, I think it should be questioned whether he is able to offer an apology um, to the victims of 1965. Um, However, it's also been said that Jokowi himself, personally, is Mm. committed to um, uh, finding a a solution to this case. Okay, what are
0: the signs of that person?
1: Um, That is based on... um, What people who have volunteered for Jokowi and thus have been um, Mm. quite close to him, in the campaign, Mm. uh, have said uh, um, when they discussed it with him, it is also based on uh, the fact that Jokowi is a president who isn't associated or doesn't have a direct background in the security forces or uh, other remnants of the New Order regime. Mm. Um, So those are potentially reasons why he would be able to reach out to the victims of
0: 1965. Okay. So you said if this process were to, uh, as far as I understand, uh, I guess function as it's intended, uh, you would have acknowledgement of gross violations of human rights uh, and and an apology.
1: Well, I think the issue of acknowledgement isn't Mm. quite clear. Um, Yeah. What we know now is that the Reconciliation Committee will offer an apology. Mm. But what will be the extent of the apology? Is Mm. it just going to say, well, we're sorry and it will never happen again? Mm. Or will it also be an opportunity to seek the truth? Will there be an opportunity for victims to tell Mm. the story? Will they be protected in doing so? What will be the role of perpetrators? Will they Mm. um, be offered amnesty or... simply do not know enough mm. about the yes. specific construction of that reconciliation yeah. committee
0: yeah. Do you have a sense of how important that is to say to your father and, and what would be a meaningful apology for him?
1: Well, I think just um, based on also the stories or uh, the discussions that I had with other former political prisoners just an apology doesn't seem to be enough. They mm. really want um, acknowledgement for mm. what has happened to them Mm. and then what they have done. So in the case Mm. of former political prisoners on Buru, that's the development really of of an island. Mm. Um, uh, And um, so in that sense, um, an apology needs to go further than just saying sorry. It does Mm. need to include a discussion of what has actually happened in the past and thus Mm. seeking the truth and that, of, that of course, is, is is difficult because the truths can be different mm. things according to the different groups mm. involved. Yeah. Um, but at least it, it would also mean a more open discussion of mm. um, this particular um, part of Indonesia's history.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was interested, you said, when you talk about an open discussion, that you can be much more open on Buru than what you can be in other parts of yes. Indonesia. Um, could you go into that a bit more? I mean what creates that situation and, and sort of is this a greater awareness from the local community or, or what do you have there that's different?
1: Um, in the case of Buru, I think it is not only just a greater awareness of the community, it's just also the quite... Dominant physical presence of former political prisoners um, mm. who are specifically still concentrated in one particular village mm. because mm. that village was established for the arrival of um, families of political prisoners in 1972. So when wives and children of political prisoners could join their imprisoned husbands and fathers, mm. um, and many of those families who chose to remain still live in that particular village. So in that village. Um, You can't really avoid Mm. political prisoners. This is different in a big city like Mm. Jakarta um, or elsewhere in Mm. Java. Um, I've always known uh, that uh, it is better in Indonesia, especially under the new order, not to talk too much, Mm. not to be too open about that. You are, in my case, the daughter of a Mm. former political prisoner. And it is not... In my case, it's not an Mm. issue of shame, because Mm. that's not the matter at all. Mm. Um, But um, sometimes people, when they know, they become actually quite afraid. Mm. um, They make certain assumptions about you, Mm. um, or they even pity you. So Mm. um, the best way is basically to avoid the Mm. the subject and not Mm. to talk about it in public. Okay. And that is for a long time what political prisoners also have done. They've only mm. started to open up or being able to talk mm. after
0: the fall of Suharto. Okay, but a different atmosphere on on be good. Definitely, definitely.
1: Mm. Um, uh, it is possibly also because many of the children and grandchildren of former political prisoners there uh, are uh, also uh, have taken a role in local administration, mm. um, and they have either on their own accord been open about mm. their past or just because mm. everyone knows there's no way yeah. you can hide yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I think because of that presence it is quite, it is easier to mm. be open
0: uh, yeah, about sure. it. And I mean you mentioned for the people who were held on Buru acknowledgement of the role they played in developing the island is, is so important. The, the non-political prisoner uh, part of the island population there acknowledge that role, or, or what is their take on, on the history of the island?
1: Well it's difficult to speak for all of them, but yeah, some sure. of them definitely um, mm. have acknowledged that role. Uh, I encountered, I met a farmer who um, uh, migrated to Buru uh, in 1979, so mm. he came there as a transmigrant. Um, the transmigrants who came to Buru were told basically that everything was done for them. Um, there were roads and houses and there were rice fields, and that was true. But because a lot of the political prisons had already left, um, the rice fields were dry, and he had very little experience in farming, so he had no idea what to do with mm. the rice field. And then the political prisoners who remained, um, they taught him how to work the land.
0: Mm. And
1: this farmer said, well... The communists, or he literally said um, that Suharto told him or the community at large that communists were bad, but mm. the communists also taught him how to work the land. So mm. he obviously engages with, with that in another perspective mm. um, and he's quite well off as a farmer too, so um, he acknowledges the contribution mm. of foreign political prisoners. Um, Then there's also been significant intermarriage between um, children of former political prisoners or grandchildren of former political prisoners and um, children of Mm. transmigrants. And um, so in that those families or those worlds basically come together, Mm. the story of political prisoners on Buru continues on Mm. to not just another generation but also another community. Yeah,
0: yeah. And finally, I mean... You mentioned your father went back because uh, there's this independent film Mm. being made. That's a film that will show within Indonesia? Yes, at least that's the plan. Okay, and I mean, I can't help but note, I mean, this year is the 50th anniversary of 1965. Is that part of the reason for the timing of the film? And is that anniversary something that has a particular significance for men like your father or even for yourself as the daughter of a political prisoner?
1: Well, I think. Um, definitely in the lead up to um, uh, the 50th anniversary there's been a lot more attention for Mm. the events of 1965 also in Indonesia there seems Mm. to be much more public debate about it Um, so in that sense yes the making of this documentary Mm. can be placed in in this particular time however the idea for this documentary were there for a longer time so it is in that sense it's a bit of a coincidence Mm. that it now comes together but it is Maybe even a, a lucky coincidence because mm. with more attention being generated for one thousand nine hundred and sixty five and in some areas of Indonesia, even uh, having a mayor of the uh, of a city of uh, palu in Sulawesi to apologize to the victims, those all generate a, a, a larger discussion about also not only what happened in one thousand nine hundred and sixty five but the impact it has had on uh, a society and um, that is. I think, meaningful, although I think still believe that there's still a long way to go. Um, the fact that it, it seems to be more openly debated now is, uh, is a small achievement.
0: Okay. Ken, there's a lot more we could ask you, but I'm afraid we're out of time. Thanks a lot for joining us.
1: Thank you.